0: Huge news rocked the music world over the weekend. The 1970s songwriter Joni Mitchell announced that she will be following Neil Young and removing her music from Spotify until Joe Rogan and the scientists that he interviews are censored from the platform. Joni Mitchell, who has not been in the news in at least 40 years and who many people in this audience have probably never even heard of, will be removing her entire catalog including the four songs that anyone can name immediately, which inspired me and which is why I am announcing today my intention to announce that I too will be taking my content off of Spotify in order to bring attention to myself. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Friday is from Frank, who says, shouldn't Biden say he's nominating a black body? That's true. If you want to be really politically correct these days. You're not even supposed to just refer to black people or people of color. It's supposed to be black bodies. This was a, a strange term popularized by writers such as Ta-Nehisi Coates to imply that black people don't have any souls. Uh, that, that is the, the preferred term these days. And it would actually be fitting if we're talking about leftist judicial nominees because, while they obviously have bodies regardless of their sex or race. They do not appear to have minds. They do not appear to have much consciousness. They just do whatever the libs program them to do. So that, that would be the right term. Good. That's a very good point. It does make you a little bit nervous about the future. When you want to plan for your future, I would recommend you check out Alto IRA. Cryptocurrency may represent the future of money. It's one of the most exciting investment opportunities to come around for some time. But what about taxes? With an Alto Crypto IRA, you can trade crypto like Bitcoin and avoid or defer the taxes. Get into investing in crypto. Do it in a tax-advantaged retirement account. Alto's Crypto IRA is the easiest way to get crypto into an IRA. Trade all you want without the tax headache. You create an account in just a few minutes and invest with as little as 10 bucks. No setup charges either. Get secure trading 24 7 through Alto's integration with Coinbase. There are 80 plus coins available, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano. Plus, there are multiple ways to fund your account. You make a cash contribution, transfer cash from an existing IRA, or roll over an old 401k. Open an Alto Crypto IRA account with as little as 10 bucks. Join today at slash Michael, that is A L T O I R A. Michael, Michael, Start investing in cryptocurrency today. That is altoira.com slash Michael. All weekend, all weekend, I had something really nagging at me. It wasn't merely the idea that Joe Rogan, most popular broadcaster in the world, he might be booted off of a major platform simply for telling the truth and, and exposing people to different points of view from very serious scientists, from very serious and and respected people, but people who disagree with the prevailing liberal narrative. He might be kicked off. Well, we might be kicked off too. Rogan goes, we all go. It's only a matter of time. If they can boot him, they can boot all of us. But I had something nagging me even worse than that, namely Neil Young's music. I couldn't get it out of my head. All weekend, I'd pick up a ukulele. I'd sit down at my piano and I'd play these Neil Young, I I couldn't stop. I had these Neil Young songs in my head. I haven't thought of Neil Young in at least a decade. And then Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. If you can name Joni Mitchell songs, which for many of the millennials and certainly the Zoomers in the audience, probably you can't name all that many. She was really popular in the 70s, but she didn't remain particularly popular later. I had those songs in my head too. I've looked at love from both sides. And all I thought, Why? Why are these songs in my head? Oh, right. It's because of this genius PR stunt. It it is a genius PR stunt. I'm, I'm not doubting that Neil Young and Joni Mitchell really do want to censor people who disagree with them. I'm sure they do. They want to censor people who dissent from Dr. Fauci and the ruling class. They are now propagandists for the ruling class and they don't like it when people speak truth to power, and so they want to shut them up, I'm sure. But there's also a genius, capitalist, self-interested motive here, which is that people are talking about these singers again for the first time in a very long time. You can expect to see many more announcements. Last night, sweet little Elisa turned to me. We were sitting on the couch. She goes, oh, no. Oh, no, Mac." I said, yeah, girl, what's what's going on? Mac? did you know that? And she named someone I, I had never heard of in my... You, he's decided he's going to take all of his audiobooks off of Spotify until they get rid of Joe Rogan. This was a guy not, I had never heard of, she had never heard of. I'm sure no one had ever heard of, but he just wanted to grab a headline. So I said, that's good Good for me too. Let's do it. This show, I'm gonna, I'm not going to take the show off Spotify, but I'm going to announce that this show is going off of Spotify until they censor Rogan. How dare they let Rogan talk to scientists? Some people are saying about Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, they've changed. Oh my gosh, 60s and 70s, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, they would be ashamed of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell today. They used to be for free speech. Now they're for censorship. They haven't changed. Joni Mitchell was always actually relatively conservative, given the musicians of that era. She, uh, When she was in an unexpected pregnancy, couldn't take care of her kid. She did not get an abortion. She put the Baby up for adoption. She wouldn't get it. That was great. She she wasn't anti-war. I think she supported the USO during Vietnam. So she was relatively better. But she's on the side of these leftists censoring conservatives, which they always were. They always were. That was everyone's for censorship. You might pretend that you're not for censorship. You are. You're for censoring certain things. All societies say this frequently. All societies have limits. It seemed like these hippies were pro-free speech in the 60s because the prevailing culture was conservative. And so they wanted to, to break the taboos and the standards of that day and spout their nonsense. But now they're in control. The liberals control the entire culture. And so they're enforcing the standards. And now we're the ones who seem like we're pro-free speech. And we think that you should be able to say and do whatever you want. But we don't believe that either. We just all have, we have different sets of standards. And right now the libs are winning. This is, and they're pushing this really hard, by the way. You want to see the anatomy of a fake news headline? This was a headline in Variety magazine, trade magazine in Hollywood. This was syndicated into Yahoo. It said, Spotify lost more than $2 billion in market value after Neil Young pulled his music over Joe Rogan's podcast. This, is, this should be framed as a fake news article par excellence. It's so effective because it's technically almost kind of true. If you just look at the days, sometime around when Neil Young made his announcement, the Spotify number went down. Spotify stock down. That's true. But correlation is not causation. (laughs) The reason that Spotify lost $2 billion in market value is because the entire market was down significantly. Virtually every company lost a ton of market value, if you just look at the one or two day period. Did GE lose value because Neil Young said he was going to pull his music from Spotify? Did, uh, I don't know, did, did Ford Motor Company lose value? Did Microsoft lose value because Neil, no, of course not. It went down. And actually, it's even crazier than that. Because if you look specifically after in the two days after Neil Young made his announcement, Spotify actually ticked up a little bit. So maybe that should be evidence that Neil Young was dragging down Spotify and the market loves Rogan. Or really, maybe there's just no correlation here. The the scary part, though, is the libs are circling the wagons on this. The, The news media are in on it. Big tech is slowly in on it. The culture, obviously, and the public health establishment, which is the, the puppet master in this whole thing. right? Everybody, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, they're all doing Fauci's bidding here and saying we can't dissent against the, the ruling class and the bureaucracy. So it's good that Spotify for now is standing up for Rogan. I'm not sure that that lasts. I do think that we need to defend Joe Rogan at all costs. <laughs> defend Rogan. If Rogan goes, they're coming for the rest of us too. And, and what's so frustrating about it is it's not even the Apparent hypocrisy on free speech. It's not even the, the fact that uh, J- Joe Rogan and the guests that Rogan brings on have more credibility than Dr. Fauci or, or Rochelle Walensky because, because Fauci and Walensky and Joe Biden have been caught in so many lies on COVID. It's the fact that Neil Young and Joni Mitchell are just wrong on the merits. They're wrong on the substance here. The message that we are getting from our public health genius experts in recent weeks is that everyone needs to take not just the vaccine, but many doses of the vaccine, three, four, five shots. There should really not be any exceptions, not just old people, not just sick people, but young, healthy people, even little kids need to take the vaccine. It's totally 100% safe. It's totally effective. Never mind any of the reports to the contrary, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And then you get news like this out of Sweden, which is no longer recommending that kids take the vaccine. Sweden will not recommend COVID-19 vaccines for kids five to 11, to say nothing of kids under five. They say, quote, we are now focusing on the medical benefits of the individual child, and we don't see that the benefits are great enough for us to recommend for the whole group. This is according to Britta Bjorklund of the public health agency in Sweden. She said, we don't see that we, uh, that we, uh, we, we want to, to vaccinate a whole group of children for the sake of society. We want to see a clear benefit for the children themselves and the individual child, so that's why we don't recommend it for the moment. It's a great, this is a great observation. They're saying, we believe in the public health establishment that we need to look at the health benefits to the child the child who we're making, take this experimental injection. And so we're not saying that the vaccines are, are going to kill the kids. We're not even necessarily saying that the vaccines are e- extremely dangerous. Sure, there are side effects like there are to all medical interventions, but we're, not, we're just saying there's no health benefit that we see. So if there's no clear health benefit, we're not going to vaccinate all of these kids. We're not going to just focus on the politics here. We're going to focus on the medical science for for the individual, for the kids themselves. Meanwhile, the Fauci's and the Walenskis and the American public health establishment, they say, who cares about any of that? Who cares if there's not much benefit? Politically, it's a good thing to do, so we're going to do it. Huge difference, more evidence of something that we've known from the very beginning, that Dr. Fauci is politician first, scientist maybe second or third or fourth or fifth. Ethics all the way down in the gutter. Now, speaking of health, if you want to start feeling healthy again, especially in this new year, I would strongly recommend you go check out Echelon. Longtime listeners to this show know that I am allergic to going to the gym. I have not been to the gym, I think, probably since the Obama administration. I I hate it because you, you have to drive, what, 20 minutes to the gym. Then you go, you get out, you get on the equipment, you You do your thing for however long then you go. You got to change, shower, get back, drive 20. It just takes too long. What if you bring the gym home? That's what Echelon does. Echelon Fitness is the affordable way to get the workout equipment, the workout community, and an instructor's motivation right in the comfort and privacy of your own home. With Echelon Fitness, you can work out any time, day or night, and crush your fitness goals. Pick your class, climb the leaderboard, cheer each other on, And give it your all. Echelon Fitness's full range of affordable workout equipment, including stationary bikes, smart rowers, sleek fitness screens, and the auto folding treadmill are all connected to provide the Echelon Fitness experience. Right now, for a limited time, our listeners get up to $650 off MSRP. I love my Echelon. I really, really recommend this. To get the exclusive podcast, discount text Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S, to 818181. Text Knowles right now. Do it right now. If you're even slightly somewhat interested, I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Text Knowles, W L E S, to 818181 to get up to $650 off MSRP. Text Knowles to 818181. Message and data rates may apply. Terms available at echelonfit.com slash SMS. Membership sold separately. Dr. Fauci is disagreeing with the Swedish scientists. I'm not sure they're even disagreeing on the the science itself. They're disagreeing on the policy. Sweden says we're not going to force kids to take the COVID vaccine. Fauci says, yes, we will. Fauci says, quote, "Uh, children two to four years old will require three shots of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. It turned out that the other dose, namely the other group, from 24 months to four years old, did not yet reach the level of non-inferiority. So the studies are continued. It looks like it will be a three-dose regimen. I don't think we can predict when we will see an emergency use authorization with that, because the company is still putting the data before the FDA. But it's going to be a three-dose regimen for the kids. Uh, actually, no, it's going to be a zero dose regimen for my kids, Dr. Fauci, because I don't trust you. I don't trust you at all because you've you've lied many times. You've gotten things wrong, even if I'm going to take a more charitable view of some of your dishonesty and say, maybe you didn't intend to deceive. You were just dumb and got it wrong and ignorant. But either way, I ain't trusting you. Fauci has proven this for decades, since the 80s, since AIDS. Since he took over NIAID in the mid-1980s, that he is a politician first, he is a scientist second, and he is an ethicist least of all. His ethics are absolute trash. I think you would be crazy to listen to this guy at this point, especially when we're talking about your kids. Especially given everything this guy's gotten wrong, you would have to. it, It is true parental negligence to trust your kids to this deceitful jerk, this power mad monster. (laughs) I I don't want to put too fine a point on it. This is a great issue for the GOP looking at November. What's the GOP going to be able to promise come November? We're told it's going to be a red wave. The Republicans are going to retake the house. Uh Uh-huh. I've heard that before. Republicans are going to retake the house under a Democrat presidency. And what happens? Nothing. Remember this? The Tea Party. 2010, it's going to be a wave election. We're we're going to put Boehner. We're going to make Boehner the Speaker, and then it'll all be great. Well, what happened? Nothing. One, because Boehner was a weak Speaker of the House. Two, because the Democrats had the presidency. So what are you going to do? All you can do is obstruct. You can't really do much of anything. The one thing you can do is call investigations. The one thing you can do is make a mess of things like the budget. We should do both of those. I want every Republican running in any even somewhat conservative district to promise me that if the Republicans retake the House, they are going to subpoena Fauci. They're going to drag him before Congress. They are going to make his life miserable. They're going to get to the bottom of his corruption. They're going to make him answer for his lies and his deception. And then when they're playing around with the budget, I want them to zero out his salary. The, the House GOP can't fire Fauci. That's up to the executive. But they can zero out his salary. They've got the power of the purse. They should use it. I want, I want a promise from all these House GOP candidates. The, the, in the 90s and 2000s, and, and even, I think it still exists today, there was the Taxpayer pl- Protection Pledge. Grover Norquist was behind it and said, I, I promise not to raise taxes and he would make all the candidates sign. None of the candidates wanted to sign it because they all wanted the opportunity to raise taxes later. I want that for Fauci. I will, the the public health protection pledge. That's what I want. I'm calling for it. The Michael Knowles public health protection pledge. I will drag Fauci before Congress for, for testimony and investigations, and I will zero out his salary. Get it done. Print it out. Send it to every <laughs> congressional candidate around the country. You want to talk about the well-being of children, under the left's rule. There is a story out of Los Angeles that I did not believe was real. I thought this clearly, this is either the Babylon Bee or this is some sensationalist headline. It's not real. Here's what the headline said. Said that a 26-year-old male child molester was going to be sentenced to two years imprisonment in a female juvenile detention center because of LA's far left DA the prosecutor there George Gascon I said that's not possible hold on what are you t- you're telling me that a guy is a child molester this guy molested little girls and so to punish him you're going to send him to a facility full of little girls that sounds like you're rewarding him that sounds like you're sending him to disney world that a- how is that How is that just, how is that legal? How is that punishment? That's sick, but this is a real story. James Tubbs, when he was two weeks shy of his 18th birthday, grabbed a girl by the neck, dragged her into a bathroom stall. You can use your imagination. There's evidence that he molested two other little girls. He was finally connected with this case years later. But LA's far left George Soros funded district attorney, George Gascon, refused to try him as an adult. Because when he committed the crime years ago, he was two weeks shy of his 18th birthday. So this 26 year old degenerate pervert is being tried as a minor. Okay. After he gets arrested, this guy's trying to figure out how he can get out of punishment. So he decides because we are living in clown world right now. He decides he's going to start identifying as a woman. Only you know, this doesn't happen before he gets arrested. By the way, it's only after he gets arrested he says, "Okay, I'm Hannah now. Call me Hannah." So James Tubbs says, "Okay, I am identifying as a girl, as a woman, and the district attorney is going to identify me as a child." So I. And and and. Old, not old. He's a young man, but he's a man. He's an adult man. I, an adult man, am going to be identified as a little girl, and so I'm not going to go to prison for a really long time. I'm not going to go to prison at all. I'm going to go to a juvenile detention facility with a bunch of little girls. And here's the kicker. This is the this is the cherry on on top of this clown Sunday. The assistant district attorney John Hatami in Los Angeles disagrees with the. DA, George Gascon's decision here to to try James Tubbs as a minor. He says, Tubbs is 26 years old. Unlike George Gascon's false narrative, she is not a kid. She is not a kid. She is not a she. She's a he. Buddy, are you kidding me? You're willing to go this far and say, hey, the 26-year-old's not really a 17-year-old. Yeah, the the chick isn't a chick, pal. The chick is a dude. Frankly, that's even crazier than a 26-year-old being treated like a 17-year-old. I think it's crazier to treat a male child molester like a woman. James Tubbs obviously should be castrated and imprisoned for life, minimum, minimum. This that that perspective would not have been controversial even 20 years ago. Now that's shocking, Michael. You're being so provocative. Oh, here comes the right-wing crazy. You believe that grown male child molesters shouldn't get to live with little girls for two years. You believe that that child molesters shouldn't be castrated and sent to prison. Uh, At the minimum, this guy should be castrated and imprisoned for life. Frankly, the same goes for George Gascon. Okay, because this James Tubbs is obviously a pervert. He's obviously a degenerate and a pervert who needs very severe punishment to possibly, one, for the demands of justice, but two, to hopefully in any way rehabilitate him, reform him. Same goes for for the DA. The DA seems like a bigger pervert than James Tubbs in some ways, because the DA is supposed to know better. He's, He's in charge of public authority. This James Tubbs is one sick puppy. George Gascon is supposed to be in his right mind, and yet he's the one indulging this and encouraging this sort of thing. Even the good guy in this story is peddling delusion, And you know what? This is the natural conclusion of the myths of our age. This is the natural conclusion of two delusions that we are living under right now. One of them is the over-incarceration delusion. The other one is the transgender delusion. The one delusion says, we've got too many people in prison in America. Never mind that crime's going through the roof. We've got too many people. We need to let criminals out of prison. Okay, if you believe that, Then you're going to do everything you can to not send people to prison, including trying people who are adults as juveniles, where that's plausible, including giving people way lighter sentences instead of imprisoning this guy for decades now, just a couple years in a little girl's facility and transgenderism. Because if if this guy says that he's a woman, then he really is a woman according to that delusion. And so you have to put him in in a girl's facility. So he's got to go to the woman's facility. And because we, it's mass incarceration, we got to put him in the juvenile facility. And as a result of those two allegedly compassionate delusions we're living under, some disgusting, degenerate, pervert, 26-year-old child molester is going to live with little girls. Something has gone seriously wrong in a country that believes that. And I, I, have, I have less sympathy for the D.A., than I have for the for the criminal himself, you know. Lately, there has been a war on the truth. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Specifically, a war on truth spoken by individuals like Dr. Robert Malone. Malone has been removed from nearly all major social media platforms for his public skepticism of the COVID vaccine. He's not only an esteemed virologist and immunologist, he's also one of the pioneers of the mRNA vaccines themselves. After going viral for his recent interview on Joe Rogan's podcast, his insights cannot be silenced any longer. So our very own Candace Owens sat down for three and a half hours with Dr. Malone. She does not leave any stone unturned. This interview will be available exclusively at DailyWire.com tomorrow, February 1st. If you don't already have a DailyWire membership, head on over to DailyWire.com slash subscribe right now. Use code SCIENCE for 25% off your membership. The episode will premiere tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Also, you know, Matt has become a number one LGBT author and spokesman in the world, especially after that Dr. Phil Interview that, that ended up going viral. If you have not seen it yet, I highly recommend you check it out. And if you haven't gotten his best selling children's book, Johnny the Walrus, it can be reserved on Amazon. We'll be right back with a lot more. Conservatives need to go all in on the transgender stuff. Go all in. I've been saying this for some time now. There are three issues that really, I guess, four issues, though two are kind of related, where conservatives have a huge opportunity because there is a gigantic chasm between what the public believes and what elite politicians believe, led by the Democrats because the Democrats are the elite political party. But also promoted by some elite Republicans who are the court jesters in the kingdom of liberalism. Who they're the kind of squishy loser Republicans who just exist to do whatever whatever the libs ultimately want them to do. So those issues are crime. The people want to lock up more criminals. The elite politicians want to let poli- want to let criminals out of prison. So go in on that arresting criminals. That's a, that's a winner. That's immigration. The majority of Americans want to drastically reduce immigration, legal and illegal immigration. Elite politicians in both parties, led by the Democrats, though, want much more immigration, and in some cases, illegal immigration. And education. Majority of Americans believe that parents should have a say in how their kids are raised, The elite politicians say, no, you don't. And we're not even just talking about reading, writing, and arithmetic. We're talking about what we're going to jab into your kid's arm. We're talking about the whole upbringing of your child. That's what gave us the victory for Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, that issue of immigration. It's a basic fact of life that parents have a right to some say over how their kids are raised. And the Democrats and the elite Republicans are now denying that. Okay. And then the related issue is transgenderism. Because one of the big issues in these schools, this is what took over Loudoun County, was this transgender ideology. The fact that parents now have to send their kids to school, their little boy to school, knowing that he's being taught at age five, four, three years old, he's being taught that if he wants to be a little girl, he is a little girl. And that if he says he's a little girl, the parents have no right to say no. That is, the vast majority of Americans think that's evil terrible, unacceptable. Elite politicians in the Democratic Party and even some Republicans think it's, think it's fine or great. Okay, we need to capitalize on that. Even Sean Penn. You know Sean Penn? He's one of the furthest left actors in the country. This is a guy who palled around with Hugo Chavez. This is a guy who's sexually pretty open-minded. He played Harvey Milk who is a complete degenerate, creepy, pederast politician in San Francisco who has been whitewashed as the Martin Luther King of gay rights. He, he's obviously a man of the left, Sean Penn. And he just came out and he said, you know, I think men in America are kind of sissies. I think they're becoming too feminized. Sean Penn wrote, quote, or he, he said this in an interview promoting a new movie. He said, I'm in the club that believes that men in American culture have become wildly feminized I don't think that being a brute or having insensitivity or disrespect for women has anything to do with masculinity or ever did. But I don't think that in order to be fair to women, we should become them. Right. He's said similar things before. He said, there are a lot of, I think, cowardly genes that lead to people surrendering their genes. The first one is G-E-N-E-S. The second one is J-E-A-N-S, to surrendering their genes and putting on a skirt. I have these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. This is proof. This is the Sean Penn proof that sex and gender are huge winning issues for Republicans. Even big libs like Sean Penn understand this, that men are not women. The early Conservative arguments on the sexual revolution: Hey, maybe this free love's not such a great idea. Hey, maybe contraception everywhere is not even abortion. Maybe that's not terrific. Maybe no fault divorce is going to harm society. This isn't great. Maybe the the extremes of the LGBT movement and redefining marriage—that's probably not great. It was very difficult for people in the middle, for people who are independent voters, for soft liberals, even for soft conservatives, to understand that. Is they would say whatever. What does it hurt me? Yeah, it's a little weird that Johnny and and Phil want to call their union marriage, but whatever. It doesn't hurt me. I don't care. We've all got a gay cousin or something. It's fine. You know, Whatever. Conservatives would say, guys, you're missing the, the premises here that this is a very slippery slope and it's going to lead to absolute sexual disorientation and chaos. And it's going to lead to really creepy stuff. And they'll say, no, come on, you're worrying. It's a slippery slope fallacy. Okay. It was easy for the libs to deny that for a long time. Now we've got 26-year-old dudes putting on skirts, getting tried and sentenced as little girls, and it's just silly. We just know it's ridiculous. Men who dress up like women look ridiculous. This is why drag was always kind of funny you remember Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani on Saturday Night Live showed up in drag one time with Donald Trump. It was funny. It's funny to see a dude dress up like a chick because a dude is not supposed to dress up like a chick. Now we are told it's very sincere. It's very earnest. It's very, it's a, how dare you question that? No, it's, it's still funny. It's still incongruous. But a lot of elite Republicans, they think, oh, I don't want to seem insensitive. Oh, I don't want to seem like bigoted, like a phobe, like an ist. The vast, don't, pay, don't pay any attention to what you're seeing on TV. Don't pay any attention to what you're hearing from the elite press, the corporate press, the, the regime propagandists. The vast majority of Americans know this is completely insane. If you just stay that, say that with a clear voice, you're going to bring people along with you. You're going to persuade people. You don't even need to persuade them. They already believe it. We're not talking about rock-ribbed right-wingers. We're not talking about Mussolini, okay? We're talking about Sean freaking Penn but Republicans, they want to clutch defeat from the jaws of victory. They're not going to want to run on it, but they should. They should. Glenn Youngkin started out as a chamber of commerce, just cut my taxes kind of Republican in Virginia, and he was going to lose. And then at the end of the campaign, he made it about transgenderism and critical race theory and education and real divisive, tough cultural issues. And what happened? He won, and he should have won because people care about those things. I like a tax cut as much as the next guy. People are not waking up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night because of the marginal tax rate. The, the transgender thing is so weird, and it is sweeping the country by storm. Not even all the way transgender, just this kind of weird sexual confusion. You remember you remember last week, Mars Corporation, the candy company, made the decision to turn the green M&M previously the sexiest piece of candy in the culture, they, they decided to turn her into a flat-shoed feminist. Do you remember that they were going to make her less sexy? And conservatives said, wait, why are you making the green M&M less sexy? And then the left, left said, why do you think a piece of candy is sexy? And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not saying the candy itself, is, but they, there's something wrong with a culture That won't allow things to be hot or scintillating or sexy. No, no, no one's really attracted to a piece of candy, except maybe this 26-year-old pervert up that's being tried as a child in Los Angeles. But very few people think that the piece of candy is sexy. But when we represent things in art, when we when we want to make things attractive in art, whether it's in marketing or whether it's in entertainment or whether it's in high art, we have traditionally brought them closer to objective standards of beauty, traditional standards of beauty. Now we seem to be doing the opposite. In all of our marketing, the models are intentionally not hot. They're much uglier. Even in the cartoons, there, there was a, a brief controversy when there was the Space Jam sequel last year, and the hot, sexy little bunny rabbit who previously was made to look very voluptuous and hot was made to not look hot anymore and to look m- more androgynous. And there was the same kind of back and forth between the left and the right. Then it happened with the M&Ms. Now they're doing it to Minnie Mouse. Disney has just announced that Minnie Mouse is, practically speaking, a frumpy lesbian. Minnie Mouse had been one of the most famous cartoon girlfriends ever to Mickey. One of and I, I, I'm not afraid to say it, one of the hottest mice. In recorded history, and now she is wearing a pantsuit and is made to resemble more, say, a certain former Secretary of State and presidential candidate. I, but and certainly not meant to look like uh, Marilyn Monroe. Disneyland Paris tweeted out this photo of Ms. Mouse's Ms. Not Miss, not Mrs. Ms. Very feminist, very first pantsuit, which was designed by Stella McCartney. They say that it looks like a blue tuxedo. I think the pantsuit looks more like a pair of pajamas that your mother might have purchased at TJ Maxx. Okay, it doesn't, which maybe is better than the pantsuit. I don't know. This is all to celebrate Women's History Month, which is confusing because I thought this was Black History Month. I am not up to date on my liberal liturgical calendar. I thought Women's History Month was in a month or two, whatever. The reason I bring it up is not merely or really at all because I care about the sexiness of cartoons or or candies. The reason I bring it up is because we are living in a cult of ugliness. We used to have a cult of beauty. <laughs> we used to be drawn toward beauty and we used to try to make ourselves look beautiful. And this can be taken to excess. This can be taken to such an extreme that people develop disordered views of themselves. That would That's bad. You don't want to do that. But now we've taken it to the complete opposite extreme where we're developing other Disordered habits. We are attempting to make ourselves ugly through mutilating ourselves, through overeating, through dressing poorly, through denying, de sexing ourselves, trying to make ourselves look androgynous or like the other sex. We're, we're told almost that it's, that it's wrong to be beautiful, that beauty is somehow oppressive. And this, this relates to the broader political problem. We're living in a world now where the truth is being censored. Joe Rogan brings on one of the pioneers of the mRNA vaccine to give his views of the mRNA vaccine. That's dangerous. You can't have that. True statements about COVID, about the virus, about certain uh, public health measures, about the vaccines, true statements that, that later turn out to be true, that even the public health authorities will later admit are true. For a long period of time, or are being censored. My very show, when I've said completely accurate things, has been taken down. And then six months later, the CDC admits I was right. Well, whoopsie, too bad. We're living in a time where the truth is being suppressed in favor of lies. We're living in a time in which virtue is being suppressed in favor of vice, where we're told that vice is actually virtue and the left virtue signals at a time where traditional understandings of what things that are good to do or we're told that's bad and things that are bad to do obscenity, wrath, profanity, greed we're told is really good. Violence in some cases we're told leftist violence, actual terrorism, you target civilians to achieve a political end, we're told that's really good and virtuous. That's mostly peaceful. And we're living in a time where beauty is being suppressed in favor of ugliness, which makes sense because the good, the true, and the beautiful are the transcendentals of being. They're united. They have something to do with one another. And so it's no surprise that when you hate truth and you hate goodness, you're going to hate beauty also. It's okay to be beautiful. It's okay. Little girls, you don't need to, you don't need to dress up like Rambo. It's okay to want to be a Disney princess. It's fine. Men, it's okay to look like a man. It's not toxic. It's okay to behave like a man. It's fine. Beauty is a good thing. You don't, when you go look at art in a museum, you don't just need to look at the urinal in the middle of the stall or some stupid splotches on a canvas and try to pretend that that's somehow beautiful when we all know it's not. It's okay to look at the Mona Lisa. It's okay to look at the Sistine Chapel and say, that's actually beautiful. That's objectively beautiful. It's more beautiful than the urinal on the floor or the splotches on the canvas. It's not just a matter of preference, it's not just a matter of, well, your truth. And my truth might be different. What you think is good and what I think is good, maybe what I think is good, you think is bad, and what you think is bad, I think is good, so we can never know. Maybe what I think is beautiful is what you think is ugly, or vice versa. So it's all subjective, it's all relative, right, man? No, actually, we can know some things, because we have faculties of reason and moral conscience. And we not only need the courage to articulate that, we need the courage to enforce that kind of stuff, or we're going to be living in a culture full of lies, full of vice, and full of ugliness and frumpy little cartoon mice and ugly little green M's, okay and androgynous little bunny rabbits in space jam and that's very very frustrating a lot of this is all, is being peddled on the identity politics front right if you if you disagree with the prevailing views if you if you articulate a more traditional view of the good the true and the beautiful you're called you're called oppressive A fascist, a white supremacist. Why? I don't know. You're you're anti-this. You're anti-that. You're a phobe. This is another issue where Republicans just need to grab the bull by the horns because the public across demographics, across races, across geographies, across sexes, they agree with us. The identity politics thing is totally flopping, and you you see this nowhere more clearly than on Joe Biden's recent decision to nominate a Supreme Court justice not based on her qualifications, not based on her resume not based on her character and integrity, but based on her genitals and the color of her skin. Jen Psaki was just asked this question uh, at at the White House press briefing. There was a poll that showed that majority of Americans do not support Biden's decision to pick a Supreme Court nominee just based on race and sex, that they actually think the person should be picked based on his or her qualifications. The best person for the job should get it. So even the sympathetic reporters in, in the White House, the ones who are on the side of Joe Biden, bring this question up and they say, what do you say to the Americans who disagree with this? There have already been conservative commentators um, talking a bit about why a black woman that's to commit to that is, is reverse racism or some kind of signaling um, a virtual virtue signaling or something like that. What do you say to people who are saying that that is, you know, an an inappropriate, uh, way to, to, to set out prerequisites for who he's going to. Uh, Jen, I look, this is so dumb and I hate that I even have, but some idiot conservative commentators are saying that this is like reverse racism or something. First of all, it's not reverse racism. It's just racism. (laughs) There's no such thing as reverse racism. It's just racism which they're changing the definition of, by the way. We'll get to that in one second. Second of all, it's not just conservative commentators. There's a poll out from ABC Ipsos. ABC, not not exactly the Daily Wire, okay? Not exactly some right-wing outlet, showed that over three quarters of Americans want Biden to consider, quote, all possible nominees. Only 23% want him to automatically follow through on picking a black woman without considering 94% of, of the country, only focusing on 6%, the black women in the country. Americans, it's not that Americans oppose a black lady on the Supreme Court. I suspect Americans very much want a black lady on the Supreme Court. The reason that three more than three quarters of Americans don't want him to do it this way, so you're talking about a huge number of Democrats here too. The reason they don't want him to do it this way is because this way won't let them feel good. There's a, a lie. There's this total canard that Americans are racist and they hate black people and they want to keep black people down. That's BS. Every single person in this country with maybe, I don't know, four people as an exception, four people uh, is would be my guess, people who actually just say, I hate black people, I don't want them to succeed at all. The other 330 million really want black people to succeed. They, they want to seem, they, they want to Be affirmed in their virtue of not really caring about anyone's race. They want to be affirmed in their virtue of, of viewing all people as the same, equally dignified by God, made in the image of God. And Joe Biden, because he's so clumsy, took that away from them. People loved, even many Republicans loved when Obama got elected, because they could say, oh, we're not racist. We're not a racist country. How, how do you think Obama got elected twice? Because America hates black people and wants to keep them down. Uh, I don't think so. Barack Obama was not qualified to be president. He had the thinnest resume of any president in recent memory. And they elected him anyway because he was a black guy. And he ran as the historical change candidate. He didn't run on anything in particular. He, he, was, the, he was the platform. I am Barack Obama. I am the one. I will heal the earth. I will bring the sea levels down. I will solve America's original sin of of racism. This was the ethos of of the Obama campaign, and Americans loved it. They gobbled it up. Biden's taken that sense of virtue away from Americans here, though, because what he's saying is, yeah, black women aren't the most qualified, and, and if all things were equal, I'd, I wouldn't pick a black woman. So I'm going to make a concerted effort and I'm going to take out all the other nominees and I'm only going to consider black women. That way they have a chance. And that, that, that's really ugly. People don't like that very much. Not just conservative commentators, darling, three quarters of all Americans. So Jen Psaki sort of kind of almost answers the question. First, we'd say that the fact that no black woman has been nominated shows a deficiency of the past selection processes, not a lack of qualified candidates to be nominated to the Supreme Court. I'd also note, I've heard that some conservatives may be fans of President Reagan, uh, and when he, former President Reagan, Uh, And when he nominated Sandra Day O'Connor, he said, quote, Judge O'Connor's confirmation symbolizes the richness of opportunity that still abides in America, opportunity that permits persons of any sex, age, or any race from every section and every walk of life to aspire and achieve in a manner never before even dreamed about in human history. Completely misses the point. The Sandra Day O'Connor comparison completely misses the point. We all grant that Americans would love to see a black woman on the court. I guarantee you the majority of Americans, if you took a poll today, would would love to see a black woman on the court. But they don't want to be told she was picked because she's a black woman, because that doesn't make them feel virtuous. What what Reagan said was, the confirmation of Justice O'Connor shows the richness of America and women can do whatever. By the way, she turned out to be a terrible jurist, so (laughs) Not, not a great comparison to bring up right now. She upheld Roe versus Wade, okay? So not if you're trying to win over conservatives here, not a a great argument. But but beyond that, Reagan gave Americans the ability to say, I picked the best candidate and she happens to be a woman. And how great is that? What an achievement. There's no achievement here for whichever black woman gets the nomination. Because Joe Biden's saying, you were were always going to get it. I was never going to consider anyone else. You haven't accomplished anything. I'm just giving this to you. People don't really like that very much. The left is calling this they're, they're accusing conservatives here of playing identity politics. This has gone so far, even the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, has now just changed the definition of racism. So the old, old definition of racism from the ADL, racism is the belief that a particular race is superior or inferior to another, that a person's social and moral traits are predetermined by his or her inborn biological characteristics. Racial separatism is the belief most of the time based on racism. That different races should remain segregated and apart from one another. The new definition, according to the ADL, the marginalization and/or oppression of people of color based on a socially constructed racial hierarchy. The privilege privileges white people. So the old definition was racism. The new definition, anything white people do to people of color can never go the other way around. When your definition of racism becomes an example of racism. You know that you are fully living in clown world. We are living in a regime, (laughs) in a society in which the truth is is so divorced from the way that the government operates, that people are really pressing back against that. You're seeing this in popular movements. And it's not just among rock-ribbed right-wing Republicans. It's among a whole lot of people. This is an election year. Republicans can capitalize on this. Conservatives can capitalize on this if they have the courage to do it. Not sure. Not sure I would hold my breath. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, enemies of Joe Rogan activate to get Spotify to cancel him. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen.